the question is, is was Tarzan a virgin up until his first time with Jane? Wait, wouldn't that... So, the implications would be that he fucked monkeys. Yes. Or tigers. Or I'm just animals. saying he fucked... Any- he could have fucked anything. So you, clearly, he you, did not fuck another you, human. You want to know that. if he had a wolf or like a bear or some that. kind of boob. A chick on the side. A, a orangutan on the side. Yeah. What if it wasn't even the same? Uh, what he was do with, you, he was hold with on, gorillas, wait, right? Hold on, yeah. wait, Nick. So what if he had? Wait, oh, uh, now Nick, I don't, no, I don't know. No, enough Nick, about, Nick, I don't know. I want to know your thoughts on this. What do you think? Do you think Tarzan had a boo thing before Jane? Absolutely. You do? Absolutely. There was definitely like... Some bestiality going on Yeah. There. You have to assume if that's like... I don't know if, if that really nature happened. of animals. I kind of think that the that the gorillas would probably end up eating the human baby after or um, something. Like yeah, like, oh, well, you would think. That one tasted way better than any of ours. Oh, like, man. You can't... They're... They're animals. You can't judge them for having that kind of opinion, you know? Um, just... I guess. R.I.P. Harambe. <laughs> oh, man. But I don't, I don't want to think about um, Tarzan having sex with an animal. I know, right? Like, ugh. Like, that's just kind of... But now think about this. How was sex with Tarzan from Jane's perspective? Was he like... You know how, like, you know how lions bite each other on the back and shit? Like, yeah. Like, was he doing weird stuff that first time? You know, like you can't. So, like, he's like biting her neck. He was being gentle. We cannot assume he was being gentle. Yeah, isn't that why she's into him? Because he's like, it's all wild. So Tarzan is a so Tarzan is a kink story. I just through and through. I'm not saying it's any of mine. 100. percent No. I mean, essentially, he's a porno, but yeah. yeah so wouldn't that true. mean like Jungle Book, like Mowgli, probably also fucked something? Oh, the bare necessities. Oh no. Oh, that puts a whole new oh, meaning to that. No. Oh, you insert sex into a lot of Disney things, and it either gets really, really sexy or it gets really dark. Weird. Yeah, you know, it gets real weird a you know, lot. And you know which one gets both like weird and sexy? What the second you add any kind of sex to it, the Little Mermaid. Uh, oh, fucking fishes is sexy. No, I'm just saying, like the tentacle porn thing. It's like, nah, I get it. I'd watch it. <laughs> Listen, Ursula. You Ursula, fuck. Ursula, you want to do king, something with Ursula? Ursula and the king have some secrets. Okay, I have proof. I have proof. I have like celebrity, real world reason proof. How so? When Arnold Schwarzenegger banged his maid. Mm-hmm. That's proof. Mm-hmm. That's proof. How is that proof? Because if Arnold Schwarzenegger was banging his maid instead of Mrs. Kennedy or Miss Kennedy, then or whatever his wife, mm-hmm. the. Uh, I'm telling you. Uh, and the other thing is this, is we are not talking about Beauty and the Beast. I don't want to talk about that. When you add sex to that, it's just a given that it's weird. because it's So actually, fun, fun oh. fact. Fun so fact. So now we're going to talk about it. Because Belle and her father are not from that town, they're not under the Enchantress's curse. Um. So therefore, like, the whole, like... N- them finding the castle and stuff like that and her being able to like see through the charade of the beast is because she's not under the curse she just sees like 
a beastly man. And she's That's like, the mm, I want him to touch my clit. Yeah. You know, at some point, she I mean, was. she's more like, I just want to get my hands on his library so I can make that happen. The library? I would love, I know damn well if a woman mm-hmm. referred to your penis as a library, you'd like it. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Me? Yes, oh, you. Oh, absolutely. He thought I wasn't talking to him I, for listen, a fucking minute I have there. over 200 books at home. See? That's my point. I'm a big fucking bookworm. Sadly. Give me that library, Marky. Oh, yeah. I want to hear it in a deep, like, raspy voice. No accent, though. Eh, maybe what? a Pittsburgh accent, Say but what? no, like, southern accent. A woman, like, a woman with, like, a really, like, raspy oh. trucker driver voice. Be like, give me like that library, Marky. Oh, oh yeah. like, what's her name from Atlantis? Yeah. Um. Oh, no, did we just come up with a new commercial character? <laughs> the fucking, the fucking, uh... The, I don't want to do the that. smoking truck driver that's in March. I, I already feel very <laughs> violated by the pirates one. Oh, the pirates! Yeah, I know. <laughs> he made me do it. He held a gun up to my head. I mean, it it was. I mean, it was just a part. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I mean, it was kind of sexy. Oh, there's a pistol. Actually, gripper. if there's anybody actually listened to that, we'll probably put face. it on this episode too. What? Uh, we did that in one take. Yeah. That it was, was kind of impressive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, at least, I think it was impressive. Usually, I have to like do like eight reshoots every time. Right. We do a video. No, or, I'm kidding. Yep. Well, because okay. also we're all we're trying to we're trying to get our vocal uh, ranges really good. And then we discover that all of the uh, sounds that Aziza can't make with her mouth <laughs> and I can. <laughs> and well, it's I've like, been able to... and, I, and I've never thought that I was anything special until I realized that there's people always... that can't like roll their R's uh-huh. like, like Tyler, <sighs> Tyler can't at all. No. Uh-uh. See, I've always tried to like, I always liked playing with my voice and stuff. That's why mm. I'm like, I can sing because I like would learn how to like I'd be like oh I can make that sound and I'd just do it and then I learn how to scream and like when I yell I'm like real loud because of it yeah and then and every time you yell at these kids oh my gosh and then, I have to like pick a certain pitch for them to be met like oh god this is his I'm scared and then uh-huh. the oh he's just fooling around. It should be. It like, took them a while to figure it out, and I felt really bad that then I when I realized oh that's them figuring uh-huh. that out. Oh is dad mad? Oh no, he's usually, just being loud. <laughs> she just disregards anything I say. So you know. that's fair. That's fair. That's probably why she's so like outwardly happy. Probably <laughs> she's like I abused my dad and I'm having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leading it like it's like the little girl re- leading around the bull. By the oh, by the yeah. by the ring of his nose. It's like yep. get the girl Happy away from the bull. She's, she's in the a, safest spot. <laughs> she's a vicious little one. Try to approach that little girl. See what happens. Yeah, yeah, you right. know what? I'm not gonna have to worry about her later in life. Uh, I'm letting dudes push her around or anything. So that's cool. So day. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyways, this is Mark. And this is Nick. And I'm Z. And, and this, this is, is the Guns, Guns and Gory Podcast. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> hey! Guns and Gory!
Oh. River. We're not talking about rivers tonight. We're not? No. Probably. Uh, no. I mean, I think there's rivers in it. So today we're gonna... We're gonna cover a couple of things. Um, we're gonna cover them, okay? I'll cover, cover, like I'll talk cover about. Them. I mean, I'm gonna talk about them. I have no idea what Nick's planning on talking about, so that kind of makes me nervous. I and um, this one, the first one we're gonna do, uh, Z was the one who brought this to my attention because I'd actually never heard of it. Yeah, uh, it's called the I. Bennington Triangle. It's uh, centered around the Glastonbury Mountain in Vermont. Okay. So Vermont has their own Bermuda Triangle. Uh, there's also one in Michigan that I saw alluded to, but I, I didn't actually look into it because I, I, I figured that'd be like for another day because it could be a potential other topic for us. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that's cool. But uh, yeah, so this one's the Bennington Triangle. It's centered around Glastonbury Mountain in Vermont. Has been known for strange events, including UFO activity. Bigfoot sightings, strange lights and sounds, and includes most of the area of towns immediately surrounding it. Bennington, Woodford, Shaftesbury, and Somerset. Uh, Glassonbury and its neighboring township, Somerset, were logging and industrial towns and are now pretty much ghost towns like some of the old Pennsylvania towns, like mm. the steel ones. Like They got like the four people who refused to leave. Yeah, like uh, It's kind of like that in that area now. I looked up one time the uh there was uh, uh the lowest population county in or no it was, a, it was one of the lowest population towns in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania is Emporium PA. Where the fuck there's is like that? less than 1500 people there. It's actually like really close to here. Well there's Centralia which Centralia, is what Silent Hill well, yeah, I mean, there's that's still, why. like, two people that live yeah, there, though. Yeah, that's really They, like, weird. refuse to go. Uh, if you don't know, it's uh, what Silent Hill was made yep. after. Uh, they had mines that, like, Little started blaze. And, and never turned off. And, yeah, they're, they're still burning. Um, now it's just, like, a broken up, like, like, highway that goes, that used to go through. And, like, people have, there's all kinds of graffiti all over it. And, then like, there's not really much... They left of the town itself they though. have it locked so the church part is mm -hmm. left there's a church and then there's like two the residents mountain. that like refuse to leave yeah or whatever. how it works is they are allowed to stay there but the second the person dies that's it that mm -hmm. no it can't be inherited the land can't be inherited passed down in any way shape or form yeah so they're like once the person dies Mm -hmm. that that are there because the houses oh, are yeah, like row houses yeah. they're together so like as each person passes away the rights to the property goes back yeah. to the town and then the town demolishes the house right oh yeah and they made how, some kind of stipulation like the, the family couldn't yeah own it or whatever but it's like poisonous to live there right mm -hmm. yeah but it's it's interesting though is because those people have been like have lived there and have they're like immune now yeah, like they, they aren't okay. getting sick or anything from, from it anymore because yeah, yeah, it's, it's the coal mines right carcinogens yeah from coal. the coal mines that yeah, were ignited yeah. during the trash fire because they want to light the fire on trap like the trash on fire uh -huh. um to burn it and it caught the uh, an abandoned coal mine underneath the town on fire and then it just spread that's definitely underneath yeah. the we town. did as kids 
(laughs) And then they, and then actually it's nuts because they tried to fix it by setting something else on fire. And then they tried to dump dirt into it. Oh yeah. Did I tell you about the time Mm -hmm. me and my brother lit half of our neighborhood on fire? Uh, There were like, we lived in this trailer park out in Texas and there were these like big bushes that like separated the trailer park from like the rest of the houses. It was out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, we set one on fire, and it, it's in Texas. It's hot. It's dry. So they were like oh dried out, gosh. and it started spreading. And me and my little, me and Micah would, we we like took off our shirts and like had them wet, and we were just sitting oh there gosh. beating these bushes and like running to this swimming pool like that would like <laughs> from the people that lived down the street and was like throwing water on it and everything. Nobody ever noticed anything. Like four Nobody or five of these bushes. Saw. We're just complete ash. And we finally got it after hours. I swear it was hours of fighting this fire. And we go home, you know, for dinner. And my mom's like, why do you guys smell like smoke? (laughs) And we're like, oh, like probably like the neighbor was like lighting a fire. And like we have like these burns all over us and shit. It was ridiculous. I was terrified. I was like, I'm going to jail, and I'm mm-hmm. only 10 years old. <laughs> we were bad kids, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You Sorry, think? Mom. Yeah. Texas. Jesus. Uh, okay. We didn't, he didn't calm down once he came up here. We have just as worse <laughs> stories. Hold on. I have calmed down over the years. Yeah. I'm not as um, spontaneous, I suppose, I can say. Man. That and the Statue of Limitation is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the Bennington Triangle is a phrase that American author Joseph A. Citro came up with to describe the part of sub- southwestern Vermont where a handful of people disappeared between 1945 and 1950. Long before there were towns throughout Bennington and before any disappearances or paranormal activity, uh, the area belonged to the Abenaki tribe. Uh, the Abenaki was a part of the Algonquin nation. Uh, we've we've talked about the with Wendigos, um, who had their own firm beliefs about the area. They considered the Glastonbury Mountain cursed and used it strictly for burying their dead. It was also believed that their god Tabaldak, hopefully I got that one right, dwelled at the summit of Glastonbury Mountain. This isn't the only beliefs that the Abenaki, it's Abenaki or Abenaki, I'm not sure, um, felt strongly about regarding Glastonbury, though. The wind in this area is volatile, depending on the conditions, and this is part of what made the Abenaki believe that the mountain was cursed. Along with the four winds contradicting one another at the summit of the mountain, the Abenaki also believed that there was a man-eating rock that lived there eager to consume any person who stepped foot upon it. It looks pretty crazy from the topographical mm-hmm. map there. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's all about around that mountain. Yeah, like, you can kind of see how, like, when you were talking about the winds, uh-huh. that was right when she yep. pulled up to yep. here. And, and you, you can, can see. It's, it's, yeah, man. Uh, can you imagine walking through, the like, a mountain and, like, stepping on a rock that eats you? Mm-hmm. That would suck, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say so. All right. Unless we're talking about like some labyrinth shit, or not labyrinth, uh, Oz, the talking rocks from Oz. Yep. It's just one of those. Just fucking swallows you the fuck up if you're dumb enough to step on it. Mm -hmm. So the Glastonbury town is actually like not a town anymore. The town. No, it's like inside the mountain. It's kind of like a ghost town now. Yeah. 
because there's a cool website showing the abandoned pictures here mm-hmm. of it, which is neat. So not only are there Native Americans that, you know, feel like this place is cursed, um, for more than two centuries, there have also been numerous sightings of a Bigfoot-like creature in the Glastonbury Mountain area that became known as the Bennington Monster. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Bigfoot! Always Bigfoot. See, this one... The, Makes oh, sense, no, though, man. right? Mm. One of the first reported sightings occurred in the early 1800s when a stagecoach full of passengers was forced to stop on a washed-out road. The stage driver first noticed very large footprints in the mud that was too large to be a human. Then the coach was attacked by a large creature who knocked the vehicle on its side. The frightened passengers could only see a pair of eyes before the monster roared and ran into the forest. Later sightings described the creature as large, hairy black thing standing over six feet tall. I couldn't find more stories on this thing. I wanted to. Oh, of sightings of the monster. Yeah. You mean? Yeah, I couldn't find a whole lot of stories, but it's like, I guess it's a thing. Um, there have been stories of people going missing in the area for a long time, including a man named Carol Herrick in 1943. I didn't really come across Herrick much in my studies, and he's not really mentioned amongst the five that most places like most websites and stuff talk about that went missing um but his body was found and the cause of death was given so that's probably why you ready to hear this fucking shit boy carl was hunting with his cousin henry 16 kilometers northeast of glassenberry mountain which lies at the center of the triangle the pair got separated and henry contacted authorities to look for him after a few days searchers found herrick's body His gun was nearby with no bullets discharged. The autopsy determined that the cause of death was squeezing. His ribs had punctured his lung. Squeezing. Yep. The townsfolk did not show any concern. That's kind of cool. Yeah? I don't know. So they apparently experts say, um, well, the townsfolk say, oh, he was squeezed, must have been squeezed by a bear. Because there are bears Mm -hmm. in this wilderness. And that's how they logic it out. But experts are like, bears don't, bears don't squeeze you to death. Yeah. That's not what they do. But you know what might? A big fucking a monkey fucking, thing yeah. in the goddamn forest. You oh, know? Yeah. A humanoid creature. Yeah. A humanoid know. creature. See, that, that's what makes Maybe it sound Nick more... was having a hike and he just wanted a hug. Well, maybe <laughs> he was going to kill it. And it but decided, he didn't shoot any. He didn't. It he not got no fucking bullets off. I you, you're telling me that you could see yeah. a big creature coming at you, and you wouldn't pull your gun up and pull at least one shot. That's off. what I'm saying. It, it. What if this thing? This is the scene I'm thinking of. Is this thing encounters this man closely? Mm-hmm. That's why there's no bullets get one. <clears throat> was it an intimate encounter? I wouldn't call it an intimate encounter, but, but I was willing been. to go. What down if it that was direction. a sexy lady? Bigfoot. What if, like, what if they couldn't agree on who was on top and who was the bottom? Dear Lord, that's where that route went with me. But anyway, so this thing had to have been startled by it, and I'm willing to bet. So it went, let me hug you. I'm willing to bet. No, 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 listen. Hear me (laughs) out. Hear me out. I'm willing to bet that this thing has encountered so many humans 
in its lifetime yeah. that squeezing a human to death is probably the quickest and quietest way it's discovered to kill us. I'm willing to bet. Because well, I mean, it would want large, it to be quiet because if it's a, gorilla a creature could like hug it you would. you and like literally just snap you in half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. And, and like this creature's over six feet tall, so it's bigger than a gorilla. But they're like, I bet it's generally nonviolent. I mean, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like a very nonviolent way. So good. And a resolution. Bigfoot is like very well known to be nonviolent. He tries to avoid things, but this is the thing. I read about a variant of Bigfoot in Vietnam. These rocks—they're called like rock-throwing apes or something like that. Mm. Um, And they're known to be extremely confrontational and try to hurt people. And in Vietnam, they would like. Like throw rocks in like so American soldiers and Vietnam soldiers were both fighting to try to get rid of these things. Like I looked at it like it like there's people who came back and were like talking about these rock throwing apes. But the thing is, is a lot of them um, started using some kind of opioid while they were there, like yeah. opium or something. And like, I think 70% were addicted by the time they went home. Mm. So like, you don't know, they also were getting pumped full of amphetamines and stuff like that. So you don't know if like, they actually saw this shit or if it just was like fabricated. Manifested uh, but as like, like a group so, so not all Bigfoots are going to be, you know, shy and try to stay away yeah. from people. That's what it seems, though, the ones in North America. Yeah, and yes, yes, our, our, our Bigfoot, the North American Bigfoot, yes. Mm-hmm. They're gentle, they don't want to cause any problems, they stay away from people unless you go in their domain in the national forests. Squeezed. Yeah. Squeezed. You know how bad that would hurt to die mm-hmm. that way? It just, he just wanted a hug. Yeah. Harry and the Hendersons, he just wanted a hug. Yep. Leave Harry so it reminds me. You know what it reminds <laughs> me of? Two movies come to mind. What we were just talking about is uh, one, uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Mm-hmm. When he starts grabbing onto his dad, he's like, oh! <laughs> it's poor Rick Moranis. And then, uh, remember the movie Congo? Yeah. yeah that Dude, movie that movie. Me out as oh, a kid. me too. Isn't that the it snake me... one? No, They're that's the white Anaconda with creepy. Yeah, yeah. Congo, Congo had... Uh, They're like eight things tim curry in it yeah mm-hmm. oh were, that's yeah. the one you made me to watch yeah. that's yeah. right you yeah that, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was a wild movie that made me not want to go be an explorer i like, mean that's I, what killed the indiana jones yeah movie. yeah like, oh yeah i don't want my i have to see these things no nah, i'm good they were creepy looking too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they look like zombie gorilla mm-hmm. thingies oh no they had like herpes all around their eyes and shit it was yeah, terrible i yeah. mean it was great special effects <laughs> That reminded me. I'm not talking shit. We're like going way off topic. We'll get back there though. That reminds me. I was reading something about like they think like I think it's like South, not South America, maybe in um, Africa somewhere. The like pygmy, like little us. They're like humanoid. Yeah, yeah, and like I keep seeing stuff about them. Like, like it did. Like I mean. so they existed at some point, I believe, and like there were little, like smaller humans, not humo- Homo sapien, but like you know, like there was the Cro-Mags, and then there were the Neanderthal, Neanderthals. So like, and there were others, you know, the different what, evolutions or of whatever. The human. Yeah, yeah. So like, are these out there? This is what I think of it, Mark. Is there's proof that there were little people? Mm-hmm. 
and that there's proof that there's fucking there hobbits people, bro right? there are fucking hobbits right, out right, there right. i there's want proof? to meet a fucking hobbit but mark mark i want to pet him and have third lunch with him i understand that but listen, what about there's, proof that there's proof that there's the little people and there's proof that there's the big people yeah right? Right, we we hear about the giants. Yeah. We hear about the little people. Yeah, we actually, you, know, you know what? You know we what should cover giants and little people at some point. Right, but you know what this proof of that mediums reign supreme up here. You oh, mean yeah. extra medium? Extra medium. I mean, I'm I'm extra medium. Extra medium. Strong extra medium. The new sticker idea. I don't. I we prefer, haven't made any. I prefer stickers the term extra medium. Yes, that's a good one. All right, so we should get back on track. Homo erectus, Homo sapiens, Neanderthalus, Homo sapiens. Weren't there sapiens. Devonians? There's seven, yeah. Yeah, like. Uh, just... Dryo. I went on a real big deep dive into this one day. Ramopithecus. Mm -hmm. Austrial. And then they're still finding. Pi What's, that other one? What's that first one you said? What was that first one you said? Dryo. No, 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 no. Pi Homo, homo what? Erectus. Ooh, I like hearing <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Between 1945 and 1950, five more people disappeared in the area surrounding Bennington, Vermont. Midi Rivers. So you said five people. See? Five. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about these five people. Okay. <clears throat> I just want to have predictions. I'm feeling like, I, I'm me feeling too. like three out of we'll, five we'll, is we'll going to be we'll a talk genuine accident. That's just we'll my guess, but yeah. we'll see. Also, I, I read something, and it said, like, there were, like, mines or whatever yeah. in that area. So, like, you know, there's, like, crevices mm -hmm. that people could fall down. Crevasses. Like Crevasses. Crevasses. Oh, that sounds sexy. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, like, we'll talk about it when the time comes. Yes. When get the time these comes. The crevasses. So, Mitty Rivers. What kind of name is Mitty? Do you think that's a guy or Nickname. Girl? I think it's a man. 45 hunting fuck you i was trying all right so and i thought that, this oh, was a female i thought this was For a real? fucking female until i read that they they were talk they said something to their like son-in-law and then i was like oh okay because midi like that's a weird name mm -hmm. uh so the first disappearance occurred on november 12 1945 when 74-year-old Mitty Rivers disappeared while out hunting. So this guy, he knows the lay of the land. He's been out there for years. There's no reason this guy should be disappearing. Mm -mm. Uh, Mitty was on a weekend hunting trip with four other hunters up in the mountains. On November 12, 1945, in the morning, Mitty and his son-in-law, Joe, were walking together before reaching a fork. They separated, and Mitty told them that he would only be going a short distance before he would join them at camp for lunch. As 3 p.m. had come and gone, the rest of the hunting party would begin searching before getting authorities. A large search was conducted, but the only evidence discovered was a single rifle cartridge that was found in a stream. The speculation was that Rivers had leaned over and the cartridge had dropped out of his pocket into the water. Oh. Hmm. So his whole thing, yeah. He's wow. experienced outdoorsman. He was very familiar with the local it area. It was a spent rifle cartridge. No, so it, was no shot. it wasn't. It yeah. was not. Found it was, was a spent rifle cartridge. No, it was not. The same type he used. I swear it wasn't. Okay. 
Well, we might have to double check that. The but fucking I thought it was uh, uh, it just had it like, was it, undone. It was yeah, no, fall, it, was, it fell out of his pocket. So many people that it was think spent. That that's irrelevant information, and I know and it it's might not. it might be, but it's, I, I feel not. like it isn't. It is not. Um, we might have to check that out real quick. Yeah, fact check because I yeah. have. You, and then I'll continue. When you were first starting to tell a story, I was just thinking to myself, 74-year-old dude, he's probably just like wandered off and was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down, you know, rest. And mm-hmm. then he died and maybe like rolled down a hill, something like that. I don't know, Like man. that's what I was thinking of, but then when you said like... Mm. Or maybe he offed himself, but then at the same time, wouldn't yeah, they find no, his body? There's, yeah, you'd find... There's all, like no, there's not always evidence of that, but like... Yeah, I think they'd find more mm-hmm. than that if they found a shell casing. Yeah. Except in a stream, a shell casing. See, like, like I said, a full they thought he, they, they, their, their, their reasoning on it was he bent over and it fell out of his pocket or yeah. something. That's what I thought. But if it was a spent cartridge, then that, that says something it different. It still makes sense for it to be in his pocket, though. <clears throat> yes. Because everybody, you know, reloading his pocket. All right. While she's thing. looking that up, uh, the next one is Paula Weldon. Paula was 18 and disappeared on December 1st, 1946. Weldon was a sophomore at Bennington College and had went on a hike on the Long Trail. Multiple people saw her leave. She was, wear- she was not wearing a jacket during her journey. It was 50 degrees Fahrenheit outside, later dropping to 9 degrees Fahrenheit. Weldon was supposedly seen on the trail by an elderly couple who were behind her. According to them, she turned a corner in the trail, and when they reached the same corner, she had disappeared. There was a large search and a $5,000 reward. There was even help from the FBI, but no evidence of her was ever found. Weldon's disappearance was the inspiration for the 1951 novel Hangsman by Shirley Johnson. So, like... How old was she again? 18. Okay. Like fresh, fresh college, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a sophomore yeah. in college, eighteen, hmm. walking around in fifty degree weather with no coat on. Gets nine degrees later. Sounds like she, she might be kind of a little special, but I mean, maybe she's just a dumb kid. I don't know. <clears throat> I have a story from uh, a guy who supposedly gave her directions before she disappeared. Ooh. So, um, Lewis Knapp saw a girl in a red parka and decided to stop. It was roughly 3 p.m. on Sunday, December 1st, 1946, and Knapp was driving along Route 67A in Bennington, Vermont. A building contractor by trade, he was headed for home a few miles away. He asked the girl where she was going. To hike the long trail, she said, it was a reference to a path that climbed five miles up Glassenberry Mountain, one well-known in the area. She didn't seem dressed for it, though. It was late afternoon, and the weather already cool would be getting colder. Knapp figured she was a student at Bennington College, which was right near where he had stopped. He thought her as a little clumsy uh, because she tripped when climbing in his truck, but otherwise unremarkable. The two said little as Knapp neared his driveway on Route 9 towards Glastonbury. Down the road, roughly two miles, was the entrance to the long trail. Thanks, that's swell, the girl said and headed in that direction. A few minutes later, Knapp's daughter went outside. 
Route 9 was flat and you could see a considerable distance up to a half mile either way. She would later tell police that there had been no sign of the hitchhiker, even though she should still have been within view. No one can walk a mile that quickly. Yeah, right. Half mm. mile. Mm. So this one kind of made me think Trippin about the aliens a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one gives alien vibes. Um, I mean, well, so that the story kind of is a little conflicting because the one it says that she had a park on, but then in my research she didn't have a coat on, and then supposedly she went around a corner and an old couple saw her, and then she disappeared. But then in that, said it made it seem like she disappeared on a highway or something. Right. Um. So I'm not totally sure, but I'm gonna. She's go wearing with, a black, a uh, red coat. Parka. It was like a parka. Yeah, red, bright red, because they're all wearing red. Well, I guess a parka red. and a coat are two definitely different things. So parka is because Mitty was light. also wearing a bright red coat. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're not there yet. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> so it's in the thing. <clears throat> I know. I have this organized a certain way. Um. Did you find out if I'm reading the original okay. um clippings uh, okay. now to f- to find the report. Thanks, that's swell. So I'm almost there. These darn fact checkers. Mm-hmm. James Tedford, a veteran, went missing on December 1st, 1949, three years to the day after Paula Weldon was last seen. Tedford lived at the Bennington Soldiers' Home and had been in St. Albans visiting relatives, and someone went with him to the local bus station which was the last location he was seen. Mm-hmm. According to witnesses, Tedford got on the bus and was still on the bus at the last stop before Bennington. Somewhere between the last stop and Bennington, he vanished. His stuff was still in the luggage rack, and an open bus timetable was on his vacant seat. The popular belief is that he vanished into thin air while on the bus, but like many missing persons' stories, there's a gap between when he was last seen and when he was reporting missing a week or so later. Later, There's enough evidence to suggest he didn't dematerialize, even though no trace of him was ever found. How the fuck do you explain that one? So he has PTSD and he's just like wandering out in the woods. Just, I mean, yeah, maybe. It's, that's possible, but I don't know. Maybe he just didn't like, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, personal shit that you want to ask in these situations. Because it's like, you add a bad home life or an argument with a That's relative true. or something. That's true. Shit, you don't know, like, those kind of details. All of a sudden, this place is just the place these place people went to be last seen mm-hmm. and fucking bail. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't... You know what? I don't, like, condone it. I think it's shitty. But, like, people, people do, do, do it. That. It's yeah. like, there's proof that people do There's, shit there's like a guy that. that I used to work with recently... He was, everybody was like, oh, he's missing, he's missing, and then he showed up. And from what I heard, it's because he, he wanted to be missing. Like, he didn't want, like, he went to L.A. or something, and he just was like, I'm just gonna not tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then he popped back up, and everybody was like, oh, okay. Yep. Everybody's all concerned about this guy, and he's just like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but right. Because every time we just left and went somewhere, <clears> you know, we, no, but yeah, fuck. like, <laughs> yeah, I, I could go and be gone for like a week, and then people would be like, "Okay, where's Mark?" Where's Mark? It's like, oh, he's, he's just in the woods somewhere, probably. 
pissed off because he's sweating. I would think that you were stuck in your basement playing something <laughs> that you found. Like my basement found- stairs broke, and I'm just stuck down there. <laughs> my phone's like upstairs. But you found like an old Xbox, like an original <laughs> Xbox, and a small TV. So you've just been like um, playing, powering in the fable. back room. I'm like, yeah. Yep. Oh my god. <sighs> If you ever go missing, I'm gonna tell people he's he's chasing chasing down giant dicks in the in the back room. Spyro, in the back. Room. Actually, I didn't like Spyro. I was all about Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem on the Sega Genesis yeah. 32X. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got the one last person. What you got? Yep. And then we can discuss this a little more. Um, on December 12th, 1950, Paul Jepson, who was eight, had accompanied his mother in their truck. She left her son unattended for about an hour while she fed some pigs. When she returned, her son was nowhere to be seen. Search parties were formed to look for the child, and nothing was ever found, even though Jepson was wearing a bright red jacket that should have made him more visible. According to one story, bloodhounds tracked the boy to a local highway where, according to local legend, Weldon had disappeared for years earlier. So supposedly they found him where Weldon had disappeared. That girl. And they were both wearing red coats. Or jackets. Um, On October 28, 1950, 16 days after Paul Jepson had vanished, Frida Langer, who was 53, and her cousin Herbert Elsner left their family campsite near the Somerset Reservoir to go on a hike. During the journey, Langer slipped and fell into a stream. Oh, see, so we do talk about river streams a little bit. Uh, She told Elsner if he would wait, that she would go pack back to the campsite, change clothes, and catch up with him. When she did not return, Elsner made his way back to the campsite and discovered that Frida Langer had not returned and that nobody had seen her since they had left. Over the next two weeks, five searches were conducted involving aircrafts, helicopters, and up to 300 searchers. No trace of Langer was found during the search. On May 12, 1951, a little less than a year later, Frida Langer's body was found three and a half miles from the campsite in the eastern branch of the Deerfield River, an area that had only lightly been searched seven months previously. No cause of death could be determined because of the condition of her remains. No direct connections have ever been identified that tie these cases together other than the area. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add? Not yet, because it's all talking about the military, because we all know what happened in November of 1945. Yeah. So, of course, it's all strewn together with... Yeah, Harbor so and a, a, suppose like there's supposed to be a lot of UFO and like there were a sightings. bunch of because there's um a base there's a base camp right yeah. so all the soldiers there's like fifty soldiers that were called to help with the searches then mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor happened and they they all got pulled yeah. so it's like oh hey now we have no searchers plus the weather was crap and so I'm just trying to well, find like, what you know find UFO activity strange lights and sounds like. If memory serves me correct for our viewers and listeners, mm-hmm. I think that this isn't the first thing that we've talked about that the beginnings of World War Two kind of like disrupted and took the scope yeah, of yeah. We will, we've hit 
a few things. That, yeah. that area of time, like lobotomies, was mm-hmm. around that time. Here we well, go. What if, like, like, what if, like, a couple of them, like, the people that was with them just killed them? True. Like, you don't know, you know? So, um, we're gonna have a commercial break here. Commercial break. Enjoy, guys. Enjoy. Yar, have you ever skipped leg day? Oh, of course. Oh, well, I got this lamp for you. Oh, do ya? Well, guess what the lamp does? It makes your legs grow. My legs grow? Yeah, it gives you bigger calves the bigger more you polish calves. it. Ooh, I yep. like that. Oh, you should like it. But it's got one downside. What's that? If you polish it too much, your calves will keep growing. Oh, but, growing. I, but I have to stroke it? You'll have to stroke and polish it and polish it over and over and over, over but not over too much. Over. Not too much. It's sensitive. Yes. Oh. Okay. You make the white stuff come out of the lamp, oh. and boy, oh boy. Where do I get this at? You got to go to the edginglampformicalves.com. Oh. Is that the only place I can get it? Nope. Not available on Amazon. Jeff Bezos doesn't skip leg day. So everybody knows about the Donner Party, right? <laughs> you know about the I've Donner Party. Invited to that I know she knows party. about the Donner Party. Do you know about the Donner Party? The Donner Party left Illinois for California in April 1846. But eight months later, their journey descended into mass cannibalism. I love cannibals. I mean, that sounds kind of... I don't love cannibals. Like, I don't want to eat human flesh. It's kind of like the same thing with serial killers. Like, I just can't believe that somebody could think that way or be that way. Yeah, most I hear human meat tastes like pork, though. Yeah, I like hearing, like, the weird description of it mm-hmm. from people, like, learning. It has a different texture, but a little bit different texture, but it supposedly tastes like pork. I guess the buttocks area and the fingers are supposed to be the most tender parts of us. Hmm. That's so weird that I know that isn't. Ew. I, I like went on deep dives on like Jeffrey Dahmer and shit when I was younger. Okay. Brings a whole new definition. Yeah. You don't ever want to talk about cannibals? I mean, I'll talk about them, or, but... I want to do a full just... episode on these crazy motherfuckers. But not this one. This, nah. this was like a, almost a necessity, but... It, same time. Oh yeah, they were doing. They went a little it. too much, I think. Also, some of them did. We'll we'll get there. So at the outset, the pioneers of the Donner Party were just like so many others heading westward in the 19th century, mid 19th century, uh, led by Jacob and George Donner, along with James Reed. They gathered in Springfield, Illinois, in April 1846, and prepared to set out. But unlike most westward pioneers, they decided to take a supposedly shorter yet untested route to California. Sadly, the route proved to be fatal. The Donner Party took so long trying to navigate their shortcut that they did not reach California's Sierra Nevada mountains until winter, where heavy snowfall trapped them near Truckee Lake. Unable to move forward or back, the Donner Party quickly ran out of food. 
it didn't take too long for the social order to break down and for the pioneers to succumb to their hunger and resort to cannibalism. So see, they really didn't run out of food. They just ran had their source. They ran out of options that they found moral. They had to source it from somewhere else. (laughs) Soylent green. Uh, (laughs) After a stop in Independence, Missouri, to buy provisions and gather the full group, the Donner Party headed west on May twelfth, eighteen forty-six, led by two brothers, Jacob and George Donner and an Irish businessman named George Reed. The party of 87 pioneers included men, women, and many young children. By then, they had already made the deadly mistake, and I swear this is the reason I died every single time on Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. They left too late. Yep. I'd either <laughs> leave too late, or I'd like wait too long because I needed people to heal, and then bam, you're dead. Dysentery. Dysentery. You have died of (laughs) dysentery. You've lost a leg. We have the handheld version of it. Oh, nice. That's great. Pioneers like them were supposed to follow a rigid schedule, leaving in mid to April, late April, to ensure that their pack animals had enough grass to eat during the journey before the coldest months arrived. Leaving any later than mid-April meant risking that they'd be still traveling come winter. I am beginning to feel alarmed at the tardiness of our movements, one member of the party, Edwin Bryant, wrote, and fearful that winter will find us in the snowy mountains of California. He was, he was, he was right. Mm-hmm. Probably, I wonder if he died. I mean, I guess not if there's a, like a journal that still exists, right? He, so he ate a man, and we're listening to his story? What the fuck? No. I mean, eh, there's that. There's that Japanese dude. Oh, there is. We're going to talk about him one day. (laughs) Probably aware of their late start, the pioneers decided to take a shortcut called the Hastings Cutoff. Though most wagon trains looped north through Iowa, a guidebook author named Langsford Hastings suggested a more direct route existed. Naturally, he named the route after himself. But there was one problem. Hastings had never actually explored his own route. One of James Reed's friends told him as much and begged him not to take the Donner Party along the untested route. Mm-hmm. They had warnings. They were like, they're making some real bad decisions. Don't take this shortcut, Reed's friend warned him. Langsford Hastings doesn't know what he's talking about. He is, in fact, never taken this cutoff himself. I advise you strongly, don't take it. Stick to the known California trail. Don't take this shortcut that's going to save you time, because it won't. Reed didn't heed his friend's advice. Instead, turning north, the Donner Party continued due west and towards their doom. Once on the Hastings cutoff, it didn't take the Donner Party long to realize their mistake. Instead of walking the well-trod paths of the California Trail, they had to cross the Wasatch Mountains and hike across the Salt Lake Desert. Navigating the Hastings Cutoff was bad enough on its own. The non-existent trail meant that the pioneers had to cut a path in the wild so their wagons could get through, and many almost died of thirst during the five-day crossing of the Salt Desert. But the worst part of the Hastings Cutoff was that it took days from the Donner Party's journey. This delay plus their late departure meant that they arrived at the Sierra Nevada Mountains by early November. If they had left maybe a week earlier... 
they probably would have been fine. Instead, they hit a blizzard. All I could see was <laughs> snow everywhere, one Donner Party survivor later wrote. I shouted at the top of my voice, suddenly here and there, all about me, heads popped through the snow. The scene was not unlike what one might imagine at a resurrection when people rise out of the earth. The terror amounted to panic. The mutes were lost, the cattle strayed away, and further progress rendered impossible. At this point, the Donner Party only had 100 miles to go. But with the snowdrifts as tall as 25 feet, it was impossible to move forward. Instead, they set up camp at Truckee Lake, and they hoped to survive the long, cold winter. Because they'd already used up most of their rations on the journey, they first killed their pack animals to be able to eat. To stretch out the meal, they sucked on bone marrow and tried to make an edible paste out of the animal hides. Next, the Donner Party killed field mice. Okay. Yeah. I mean... They did not, put in their effort, I guess. Not yeah. much meat there, but... No. You think they just eat it bones and all? Yes. Fucking... Oh, yeah, absolutely. They probably didn't even cook anything. Ooh, I feel like they might have. Party stuff? Yeah. He's been talking about Donner Party, and you've been a back on this. Because I can't find, <laughs> I can't find conclusive evidence, because it's all the stuff's reporting one thing or the other. Mm. Then they killed and devoured their dogs. With no more animals to eat, the pioneers chewed on pine cones and tree bark. It wasn't enough and it didn't escape anyone's attention that the bodies of those who had passed had buried in a snowbank. Keeping fresh. Mm-hmm. Diaries and letters written by the Donner Party survivors make it clear. The pioneers succumbed to their hunger. Deep in their desperate winter, Donner Party's cannibalism began. In one account, a young woman named Sarah Murphy Foster had hardly begun mourning her brother Lemuel when she realized that the other pioneers were eating his heart. In another, Patrick Breen recorded in his diary that Miss Murphy said here yesterday they thought she would commence on milt and eat him. I don't think she has done so yet. It is distressing. And when wolves begin to sniff around the snow-bound graves of the dead pioneers, one pioneer wrote in her diary, Perhaps God sent the wolves to show Miss Murphy and also Mrs. Graves where to get sustenance for their departed little ones. Was it culpable or cannibalistic to seek and use the only life-saving means left them? When it came to the Donner Party's cannibalism, members were nevertheless determined to only eat people who had already died. But there were two exemptions. On December 16th, a group of sh the strongest members of the Donner Party decided they'd try to get help. Their party, later called Forlorn Hope, included two Native Americans named Salvador and Lewis. The Native Americans had joined up with the par Donner Party shortly before the blizzard trapped everyone in the Sierra Nevadas. They set out with the pioneers in December, hoping to rescue. But after days on the march, the Forlorn Hope Party found nothing but more snow, and they, already starving, began to get hungry. Sometime during the night of the 4th, the Indians left them, no doubt fearful to remain lest they may be sacrificed for food, explained Joe Sinclair as California who published a report on the Donner Party. 
Luis and Salvador were right to flee. The pioneers quickly followed their trail in the snow. Once they found the Native Americans collapsed in exhaustion, they killed them. Donner Party William Foster shot them both in the head. Then they were chopped up, cooked, and eaten by the others. That was the only time the Donner Party killed someone to eat. Jeez, a day. They just hunted those motherfuckers down and just said... Reminds me of that part from uh, Hateful Eight. Or uh-huh. not Hateful Eight. Yeah, Hateful Eight. Yeah. I think I yeah. know what you're talking about. The part uh, with uh, Samuel <clears throat> Jackson's character and the dude out in the snow. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I, oh, when yeah. I saw that scene, I was like, oh, I forgot shit like that. It's the blood before. splatter in the snow. Yeah. And... Um, other Donner Party cannibalism stories emphasize that they only ate people who were already dead. But although their journey was horrific, the Forlorn Hope Party did succeed in their goal. After a month, they stumbled onto a ranch in California and alerted the world to the horror unfolding in the mountains. In all, it took four relief teams two months to rescue survivors of the Donner Party, and each relief team brought back harrowing stories about the Donner Party cannibalism. One man described seeing a revolting and a appalling spectacle at Truckee Lake that included human skeletons in every variety of mutilation. Another account claimed to have seen children sitting upon a log with their faces stained with blood, devouring the half-roasted liver and heart of their father. The account went on to describe that hair, bones, skulls, and fragments of half-consumed limbs around the fire. But the worst was probably... John Baptiste Trado and one rescue party insisted that they'd seen him holding a human leg when they arrived at Truckee Lake. Trudeau himself later admitted to the cannibalism in a conversation with H.A. Wise, who published one account of the tragedy. Trudeau confessed to eating both John Donner and his four-year-old son. Wise said that Trudeau told him, I ate baby raw stewed some of Jake and roasted his head. Not good meat. Tastes like sheep with the rot. But sir, very hungry. Eat anything. Then there was Louis Keysburg, the last person rescued from the Truckee Lake in April 1847. Keysburg was supposedly discovered half-mad and surrounded by half-eaten bodies. Other party members remember Keysburg, a German immigrant, as short-tempered and often cruel to his young wife. Rumors spread that he once comforted a young boy, only to kill him, hang him in his cabin, and later eat him. Ew. That's Oh, I've heard of that one mm-hmm. before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I was like, why do I have deja vu about that? Yeah, I remember he later, yep. He probably uh, consumed brain matter. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's why we shouldn't eat each other, is like, that was like, I don't know. That's always been the science pie. Oh, to me. really? He's like, yeah, eating each other's brain matter is not good. Because it messes with our it'll chemistry. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll yeah. Give you neurological issues. I mean, probably. And so that could be part of that madness a little bit, like weird <clears throat> shit. Because it's like, uh, what, uh, there's a secretion or something or that our brains put on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, so. Oh, go ahead. No, you. you have um, more? Yeah. So. 
pretty much all I have really left is uh, there were as many as 21 people were eaten during this whole thing. And it's a weird area, too. Mm -hmm. It's a weird area. Well, Sierra Nevadas, there's uh, Bigfoot sightings there. Oh, constantly, yeah. They're lucky it was winter or they would have probably gotten hugged to death. (laughs) (laughs) So what I find absolutely hilarious Mm -hmm. is where the Donner Party, like, primarily happened mm-hmm. there are now lunch benches there yep and that is that is an amazing feeling to just like go eat lunch where they ate a bunch where, of bodies mm-hmm. like where a kid ate his own dad yep. it's cute mm-hmm. i'm gonna pass on that one thanks pass. Mm-hmm. so blood i see like some of those accounts that they seem like a little too outlandish well, the other thing but is... It like, was gruesome. It was fucking terrible. Did you ever see the movie Green Inferno? Oh, that's a good one. Eli Roth. I, did I make you go to the movies to see that with me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as bad as Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, yeah. I, I've never actually yeah. seen Cannibal Holocaust. It's garbage. Oh, I mean, it's I know really, about it. It's really good. You should garbage. watch it. Like, I, it's you just, I never it got Google. around to it, I yeah. guess. Cannibal Holocaust is not... so. Nope. I feel like for anybody that listens to this podcast, though, like Cannibal Holocaust is either a yes or a no. Yeah. It shouldn't be anything down the middle, but who knows? <laughs> all the alien shit going on right now, too, with all this Dude, stuff. Dude, I'm it's telling like it makes you. It all I said that last. I said that the last episode. Like, there's a whole bunch of this is, aliens always pop up. Telling you, mm-hmm. we're gonna find out about aliens soon. Or something, like. <laughs> Nothing aliens about the uh, the Donner Party, though. No, no, they no. Just fucking they're just other. terrible. See, like, like aliens would where be the like, fuck were the aliens? Aliens would be like, why were they just watching? This is why we're not part of yeah. some galactic <laughs> republic because of shit like this, yeah. us killing each other, fucking circumcises our wieners, and <laughs> fucking mutilate our bodies, put tattoos and. Holes through our skin, like they're this like, is why dude, we don't what have the fuck? This is why we don't have lightsabers. Like, we're really. not, we're gonna stay away. We're gonna watch them like a zoo, but we're gonna stay the fuck away mm. because they're gonna try to eat us. Oh yeah. And you know what? That Jim Bob out in fucking Kentucky probably would mm. fucking shoot that motherfucker mm. and see, like, hmm, I wonder how he tastes on the grill. Maybe Man. I don't know. I'm not trying to like. I don't want to be like patient zero, you know. Yeah, like I don't want to eat an like, alien. Like that's how then... you end up with a zombie infestation mm-hmm. is eating alien flesh. Yeah, like I'm smart enough to know that, but I'm also, I'm also, I don't know. I would not bloodthirsty enough flesh. to I wouldn't go to the eat zoo and flesh what everything either. tastes like. All the I know. Time. I think I said that I might try it before. I retract that statement. I'm like, not. I don't mm. think I would. Under under duress like this, I don't want no Marky Knuckle or whatever. Like, <clears throat> cut my finger off. I think that's where we went with that. <laughs> <laughs> Marky Marky fingernail soup. Oh mm. God, no! It would be the worst. I'd be I'd be terrified to find out that something tasted good. Like if oh, like yeah. human well supposedly like no I mean like re- like really well oh did you see did you see the second uh, Avatar movie 
Yes. So how they go in and get these fucking whales, mm-hmm. and then they just puncture their fucking brains and yeah. draw out liquid fucking fountain of youth. I'm like, yeah. somebody went reaching. Like, we, we were good with the mm-hmm. rock being expensive. Yeah. Cool. We get it. But, oh, now all of a sudden, the, the, the these whales that make us stop Live aging. forever, yeah. I'm like, it's a little bit of a I reach. Mean, I was still good. But it was, I can't it wait was for the scene, next one. Listen, the scene in the movie when they're, like, going into it, mm-hmm. I was like, this feels like it's from a website. I feel like James you know? Cameron used that as an excuse to go deep sea exploring and shit <laughs> and use a like a movie budget to do it with. Oh, yeah. Because you know he like broke records and shit while filming this. Of course. But like I feel like the film was like a, a, a second thought. Like first like his first focus was like exploring the ocean. And then he's like, Well, we can also use this to make this movie. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would do the same. Why then he don't have to pay for it. It's kind of like shitting on the clock. Yeah, right, right. That's true. I mean, he said he, he kind of said the same extent with Titanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. He did. He's like, so. I'm gonna go and look at it just so I can direct it better. I don't. Yep. I'm not really sure how that works, but I'm not a director either. So. If you were a director. Now, I would want to go see it, I guess. Maybe. I don't I don't know. That's kind of scary. Oh, I mean, look, at, look at, there's a skull for you to put oh, on there. Oh, man. That's found at... Evidence uh, of survival cannibalism at Jamestown. Jamestown. Oh. But I will, I can post stuff like that because, you know, I'm sure it was similar to that. That's a pretty crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy oh, that it was people a lady's can be face. Like Ooh, and oh. she was pretty too. Oh. So it's not the only time. The Donner Party isn't the only time settlers, you know, ate each other. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the Jamestown Bones. We'll have to what look f- that up. Who Jamestown is like, on that, like Roanoke and stuff, yes. right? Yeah, that. So this. Is- oh, we'll we'll have to cover that one day. I'm sure there's there's some interesting activity that happens out in Roanoke that area. We've been through there. Yeah. Have you? Uh-huh. Oh, that's really cool. Not like exploring and stopping, just driving yeah. through. But one day, one day, yeah. I'm sure we'll find well, ourselves out there. The, until uh, then, we have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. We might do. get a little interesting. Who knows? Maybe. Um, we need more people so that we can get interesting. Mm-hmm. Why don't you ask your grandma to join? Yeah, my girlfriend and grandma. We'll get her on the Patreon. She'll do it for me. She'll yeah. She'll if you tell ask, her I asked her for. She'll it. ask you where do I put my dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm actually grateful that she doesn't know how to use Amazon. Yeah, she mm-hmm. doesn't. Mm-mm. No, because my grandmother's the kind of person. That I'm gonna when teach she goes grandma. shopping. She goes all throughout the clearance sections. Uh-huh. And I know that the second she got those like. Uh, Price notifications. Oh, yeah. Something Price dropped. drop. Oh, lightning yeah. fell. Like, I bought four of them. <laughs> they dropped $40. Do you want one here? <laughs> like, I'd be like, we don't need another ice cream machine. You know? I, I can always take <laughs> another ice cream machine, Nick. Always. You need to get yourself an ice machine just mm-hmm. for your bedroom. Ooh, I need it's an ice machine thing. just for my house. I hate sounding like the big fat Americans where you apparently are, mm-hmm. but like... The ice machines specifically to just have ice. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not, you don't have to put it in your bedroom, I guess. But like, yeah. Well, ugh. my girlfriend thinks I'm a barbarian because I don't like have ice in my house. I don't have like ice trays. I don't have an ice maker. Why? I don't know. I just. I usually drink water. If I like, want it cold, I'll put it in the fridge. Like, I, so. I know, but I usually drink water like room temperature. Oh, yeah. you weirdo. I, I guess. Does that make me weird? Kind of. A little bit. Why? I, I mean, I like cold water too, but sometimes get, it can hurt your teeth. Mm, you know, like. It reminds me of the If episode. I just ran like a couple miles and like, you know, you chug it, you're going to throw up. I don't run miles or <clears throat> even at all, but. If I were, <laughs> he seen a dude named Miles take a jog yeah, or two. Like, I'm That's gonna need it. <laughs> some like room temperature water so I don't throw up from the, the exertion. It just makes it makes me, it reminds me of the uh, the episode of Big Bang Theory where they introduced uh-huh. Amy Farrah Fowler uh-huh. and she asks for tepid room, like, room oh yeah tem- temperature water. I'm like, <sighs> but then I learned back when that episode came out. That's when I learned why people prefer uh-huh. and i'm like it's still weird Wait, just because people... it makes sense like the science behind it because well because your body some people get uncomfortable oh, drinking yeah, cold water yeah. because it makes their you know body what? kick in and, yeah yeah some then that makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. So cramps my stomach sometimes yeah, i've never had cold. that problem so the other day i read an article where this lady got water poisoning and died after drinking two i think it was two bottles like normal bottles of water. That's weird. It was two, maybe it was four, but even then, like, I can drink four bottles of water. Now I'm scared I'm just gonna randomly fucking poison myself. It's something, isn't it something hydro, hydro, mm-hmm. something, yep. yeah, where you have too much water poisoning, you start like getting all sweaty. I've had that, but it wasn't like I didn't die, obviously. I've had the meat sweats. Yeah, me too. <laughs> meat sweats yeah. I, the, I went to the Brazilian steakhouse yep, you go to an yep. meat buffet you start packing uh-huh. it in oh, after you yeah. pay that bill you take your last sip mm. boy oh boy that, shove that, all that meat the guys the guys loved it because the half hour it took me to take a shit after we <laughs> ate there they sat outside and smoked and chewed the, chewed the fat and shit yeah. while, all, all while Nick was passing an entire oh, child's my. worth of meat through him you know oh I didn't close the place, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good. Didn't uh, break the toilet. I didn't I've flood read, it. I've read of like there's no like toilets. Certain like <laughs> like people have gotten kicked out of buffets for sitting there and eating <laughs> too much or too long. Jeez, I just get bored. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that. Have you ever gotten bo- like? Have you ever went to a restaurant and like been halfway through your po- food and gotten bored and really wanted uh, to leave? Nah. No. Yeah. I won't. I, I don't do it, it like depends. with the kids doing family I'm stuff. Like, like I'll do it with like maybe if we got like a couple of them. But like out with people, it's like sometimes I'll just be like, oh, I'm so bored. There's like I just want to go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like the, I just want to go home. Yeah. But then by the time I'm home, I'm like, damn it. Why did we come home? Now I want to talk to more people. Like I want to talk to who we were talking to, but I want to talk to him here. <laughs> yeah. I'm weird. So cold. You're getting taco, taco cam footage. Taco cam footage. The taco He's over here cam. shivering. Hopefully it's actually Mark and saving. Nick keep the AC no, at negative 400. I, more Texas chore. My room, I get told I, my room is like a morgue because it's, it's so cold in there because I love it. I love it. I would rather so be cold than hot. Like my, I can't feel my nose right now. Like my fingers are cold. Like, oh, no. It feels great in I'm here now. Freezing. When I walked in, it was like 72 that's I was perfect. Sweating my balls off. Mm-mm. 
I like it to be cold enough in the house that I can feel my nipples through my shirt. Listen, no. yeah. my, I you run an AC at all times. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, I, I run my AC at all times in my house. It's a house. My, my electric bills usually about $115. Yeah, no. we also have like four times as many that's, people as you. That's like true. That's true. running yeah. every and, device known to man and constantly. You have, like two stories, I don't have that, but still well, like three technically if you count the basement. Oh yeah. Mm. Well then I have two technically. But I Energy I can you know, like I can run that motherfucker like it's a big one in my room and I can run that motherfucker all the time. Mm-mm. Only hundred and fifteen bucks. I used to have my, my bedroom growing up constantly at 60 degrees mm-hmm. oh just, yeah that's about what you want to know was. why mm-hmm. you want to know why it was always at 60 degrees why because it wouldn't go to 59 <laughs> i'm so not kidding and, but listen i'd live just under makes the me blanket. tired it makes me want to just go to bed and not move that that's usually that's <laughs> all all yeah. the reason i was really in my room you get all snuggled up under the blankets mm-hmm. it feels great we're talking about you get a little time. hot you start sweating you stick your foot out your <laughs> leg out for a little bit and then it cools you back down, and you just go back under the cocoon. No, yep. I and I, you know what's worse is like upstairs in our bedroom, I freeze to death mm-hmm. because the air's on my side, on her side of the bed. But it doesn't make sense for me to be on that side it, of the room. It's like that at my house too. I hate my it. girlfriend has to wear like sweatpants and like a hoodie in the middle of summer mm-hmm. because I like ice her out. We had a couple see the the. The building that the shop is in mm-hmm. is just naturally cold all the time. Yeah. No matter what. So we um basically in the summer we had a few summers that were just cold enough that we never opened the front door, mm-hmm. but it's still cold enough on the inside. I kept a hoodie at work. That's I great. would wear a hoodie to work every day yeah. that whole year. Well I used to like, I liked I went, I worked at Walmart and I, I actually chose to be in the meat department because I'd it, I would I was able to be in a refrigerated room at all times. I thought it was just because you loved it. Playing with meat. No, nope. it was because I like to be in cool. I don't mm-hmm. like sweating. I think you just like packing meat mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. in boxes. Bam. <laughs> well, this is Mark. And this is Nick. And I'm Z. And that's Taco. And this is the Guns and Gory Podcast. Again. Well, hello. This is Z, and you guys have been listening to the Guns and Glory podcast. Written and produced by Mark Hodge and Nick Parrish. Audio engineering by Mark Hodge. Recorded in Fatboy Studios via Sir Nikki's Love Castle. Media manager is me, Z. We'd like to thank all of our friends and family for the amazing support and all of you awesome people listening in. Please join our Patreon for fun extras and behind the scenes with the guys. You can find us at patreon.com slash gunsandgory. That is guns, A-N-D-G-O-R-Y. You can also find us on the Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube at Guns and Gory. Thank you so much for listening. And please comment, like, share, subscribe, have a few carrier pigeons. We'll take them all.